what's up and welcome to nothing but airtime i'm your host cole rains you are listening to dash radio's nothing but net channel and on the episode today we are bringing on a longtime internet friend out of toronto joey kanji he is on the show to come to talk about the raptors tell me why they're a playoff team tell me the buyers and sellers for the raptors break down some mlb free agency as his blue jays have been hot and give me some nba overreactions and because he is such a jersey fanatic he corrects some of my takes on the nba 75 jerseys it is all brought to you by BetUS. BetUS.com.pa is an A-rated sports book that has been my preferred way of winning money. That's right, folks, winning money. So go tell my best bets on our Twitter. Go to BetUS, enter promo code AIRTIME at first deposit, and go win some money. What's up, guys? It's Cole Rains with the Nothing But Airtime show here i'm with joey kanji we're on dash radio nothing but that channel joey how you doing not bad cole thanks for having me on you know it's always good having a long time internet friend on we did takes from the nosebleeds together you've been on my shows in the past i've been on yours so it's always good getting that familiar face in here having some familiarity and that comfort now you're from toronto and i have to start you got to be pretty excited with the blue jays right oh yeah it was uh disappointing to see them have a 91 win season and uh not make the playoffs just a victim of circumstance there but yeah like throughout this offseason looking looking pretty good i'm very hyped about the uh the gosman signing and uh there's a lot of rumors uh around the blue jays and um it's very exciting right now i i 100 agree and and we'll get into mlb free agency on the latter half of the show but you had one of the best basketball brackets I've seen in a long time, the 32 greatest NBA moments of foolishness. And oh, I yeah. just have to give you kudos to that. Where'd you come up with that, man? Uh, just me and my friend. We were just, like, talking one day. And, like, we, we were watching basketball and just, like, just, like, look at each other. Just, like, the NBA is such a weird league. And just started, like, listing off things that happened like that. And I just said, I've got to, like, I've, I've got to make this into a bracket. <laughs> No, 100%. I, I got a few of my favorites circled. Obviously, Cantavius Caldwell Pope's ankle monitor, James Harden eating his way out of Houston. But J.R. Smith made it a, a slew of different times for different reasons. He mm-hmm. threw soup one time. I think that's my favorite foolishness, uh, foolishness moment in the NBA. What's your throughout the history? My favorite one is probably Charlie Villanueva just getting his house broken into and then just stealing his toilet. <laughs> I like, forgot that happened. I I don't like, the tweet is still around. It's still in circulation every once in a while with him just taking a picture of his washroom with with no toilet in there. And they're like, and he's just like, yo, they took my toilet. I'm like, that's just one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I just I it's either that or J J.R. Smith yet again, just forgetting the score of the of the game. The NBA Finals, the NBA Finals, you know, LeBron mm-hmm. James took them there, not many guys around him, and, and mm-hmm. J.R. Smith ended up blowing the game near the end, or close to it, I, we should say. But I've got a few more I think we can add to the list now, and I don't want to get into the whole political situation going on with it, but Ennis Cantor Freedom is one of the worst names I think I've ever heard in the NBA. And the fact that Adam Silver is allowing that to happen, I got my hands up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get too political on it either. But yeah, it's a little, it's a little um, ironic now, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so. You know, in, in Metal World Peace, we won't have to get political with that one. The guy that 
beat the ever living hell out of a fan has peace in the last name. Doesn't make too much sense to me either. So mm-hmm. him and Ben Wallace are friends though. All right, all right. Enough foolishness though. Let's get into your Raptors. Cause currently they're nine and 12, 12 seed in a very tough conference. They actually just lost tonight to the Grizzlies. Yeah. What? Why? Why? Like th- this team has Siakam, they have Van Vliet, they have Nick Nurse there. Scotty Barnes is a up and comer. What's the what's is it injury? What's going on? Well, right now they're getting hit with uh, some injuries. They have Ken Birch out, and well, Siakam was out to start the season, and now Gary Trent Jr. is out, who's been off to a very good start. But um, it's honestly a lack of depth. Like I saw something that the Raptors bench is ranked thirtieth in the NBA right now, and I just don't think you're going to win many games when you have your starters off the court and your bench can't keep up. No, I, I'd agree, you know, and, and Gary Trent Jr. Obviously is going to be a pivotal point of that depth. I'm brought, I'm glad you brought him up 17 points a game, shooting close to 38% from three. That's exactly what you wanted in return for a guy like Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Do you see this team as a playoff team? If you asked me this about three weeks ago, I would have said 100%. I think they are when they went on their run. Now I'm kind of I'm not really sure. I feel like they they might be like a fringe team just because like you see how much like Scotty Barnes has like developed already throughout his his short, very short NBA career. Like he's he came in the, to the season not being a shooter at all. And he's like hitting threes now. So it's just like he, he's developing pretty quickly. And you have again guys like Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. and and Van Fleet all playing super, like all playing really well. So I feel like at a certain point it's going to come together for them at some point this season because the effort level is there for them every single game, and they play defense like not like many other teams do. Like in the fact that that's kind of their identity. So I, I feel like it's going to come together for them at one point, and I, I I'd like to see. I think they'll be able to compete for one of those uh, those playing spots. I, I'd, I'd agree with you on the defensive aspect. You know, you're looking at a team that has a lot of versatility. You brought up Scotty Barnes. We were actually tweeting about it before the, we got on here. Scotty Barnes got a lot of Draymond Green into his game. Uh, I think he's a better offensive player. Not, not quite as much defensively yet, but I could definitely see him being the cornerstone piece moving forward. Oh, yeah, he's 100% someone that you can build the team around, like a superstar in the making even. Like I'd, I'd say he's just – I've really liked what I've seen from him so far. It it uh, raised a lot of eyebrows when the Raptors chose him over Suggs, and I was a little shocked too, but after doing some – like watching some film on on Barnes, I was I was sold. Uh, you know, Suggs has looked okay in, in Orlando, but – you talk about having defensive versatility up the yin yang. You look at Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes now, and this team is going to be able to defend and defend well, as you spoke to. So I, I agree. Those are the stars, though. Who are your surprises? Because I mean, we watched the game tonight. That Blanton kid, he he opened my eyebrows a little bit too. So yeah, the uh, the hometown boy from uh, from the suburbs of. Uh of Toronto in a neighborhood called Rexdale. So he's all, he's, he was a fan favorite from the day he was drafted just because he was the first ever Toronto born player drafted by the Raptors. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, and yeah, he's just, uh, he, he's really blown me away to be honest with you, just cause like he was drafted as a, he was drafted late in the second round and he, he's just like, I heard someone describe him. <laughs> this was mostly a joke, but it's kind of true. You can see where it was on Twitter. Someone said he was he was Ben Simmons with effort. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Like he's, he, he's a very, uh, he hustles a lot defensively and he brings those ball handling skills that, that Simmons had too. And he can, he can get to the bucket, which is, which is what you want from him. And like, especially for someone that you expected to start out in the G league, he came in the his first game. Remember the first game of the season, he came in and went on a run and it was like, yeah, this guy's staying in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he hustles off the bench and you spoke to the Raptors woes off the bench. You know, that is a guy that you're going to want off coming off the pine there. I think a big reason why he stayed up here a little bit, though, is the injury issues you spoke to. And Gordon Drogic, what the, what the heck's going on with him? Um, He found his way out of the rotation. He played a few games and really wasn't playing well. I know now that he's um, away from the team for personal reasons, so hopefully everything's okay with him. Um, but, yeah, just I just don't think it's a good fit because the Raptors are at a point where they want to get their younger guys a lot of reps and they don't see Dragic as part of their future, so he just kind of – kind of fell out of the rotation based on based on that you know i mean we've seen a lot of malachi flynn and and, and blanton and and i've just kind of scratched my head you know where is that goran Dragic piece going but you mentioned the woes off the bench you can't deny that there's woes with the big man position either i mean ken birch is okay chris boucher is okay but those guys are not playing the big minutes that you got so moving into what you I'll just ask you this question before we move into the next segment. Do you think the Raptors are going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Uh, I think it depends where they are. If they see that they can see themselves in a playoff spot, then I think they want to add to that because I know that that Masai and Bobby at the front office of the Raptors, they, they are a team that they don't want to tank for a pick if they don't have to. They, they're, they, they just have the winner's mentality and they want to see a team. They want to put a team out on the court that will compete. So, yeah, if they think they can make a run, though, I think they'll definitely put them out there. Um, they'll definitely like do something for the team. But if they the Raptors fall out of it, then I can see them selling. Like obviously, Dragic is someone that I think they'll try to sell no matter what. But um, maybe Boucher, just because he's been struggling, and see what you can get out of him. But I, I don't. Yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, you're stealing the guys right off the next segment. We're getting into, we do mm-hmm. Tinder takes here at nothing but airtime. We're doing the Toronto Tinder trades. And I was going to mention some guys that you probably could sell off with the Raptors organization. I'll give you a name on the Raptors and you're going to swipe right. If you as a Raptors fan would like to keep him or swipe left. If you think he's going to be gone by the deadline. And the first one, obviously is Goran Dragic. I think we both know where this one's going to end up. Uh, yeah, that's a swipe left. He just, like I said earlier, not a good, not a good fit for like where the Raptors are at right now. And he's fallen out of the rotation, obviously. And I know that a lot of teams would like the veteran presence that he brings at the point guard position. So I'm sure you can get something decent out of him. So, yeah, I think that's a swipe left. I think that's an easy one. And, and I think the the team that, I mean, everyone has rumored around because he's a European point guard, the Dallas Mavericks makes a lot of sense for Goran Dragic. You know, allows Luka mm-hmm. to play a little bit off the ball, a little bit more, adds that veteran that age in the room, you know, Dallas was rumored with Kyle Lowry. Why not take the next step? Why not get the guy that was traded for Kyle Lowry, Gordon Drogic? So I'm with you. I think he's traded. And I think it's probably to a Mavericks team or a team out West that is ready to contend now. Uh, the next one you you brought up, and this is the one I scratched my head about a little bit because he was the face of the franchise a couple of years ago. Pascal Siakam. Is it time to move on from him with guys like Scotty Barnes and OG uh, on the come up? See, this is tough for me because – I like to call myself a Pascal Siakam defender. I, I love Pascal Siakam. I own two of his jerseys, so I'd hate to see him go. But this is a a swipe right because I 
I just I, I love him. I'd love to keep him. I think he brings the Raptors are like the numbers show that the Raptors are a much better team when he's on the floor. There he leads the team in plus minus. And yeah, I just feel like if he's someone that like if the Raptors want to compete anytime soon, I think he's someone that you can still keep. I think he can coexist with guys like Barnes. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna swipe right on that. I, I we'll get into it when we get onto the buying side, but when you have those bigger names, I think he's gonna be that piece that might have to be involved there. But mm-hmm. I, I'm very interested to see because I, I as I would love to see him with the Raptors. He's been playing a lot of small ball five, and I think, like you said, he's going to be a piece that is going to lead this team in the future, lead those Scotty Barnes, OGN, and OB. You have to have that veteran presence when yeah. you make playoff runs, and I don't think Fred Van Vliet's enough. So uh, he's been playing that small ball five a lot over Chris Boucher and Ken Birch, and that's the, those are the next two on my list. Those well, guys, if I can just go uh, ahead. extend on on uh, Siakam there, just. The, the only issue with trading him is I feel like that his value around the league has been is very low. And I don't think that you'll win a Siakam trade. And at that point, I think it, he's more valuable on the team than just trading him for the sake of trading him. I'd agree. I'd agree. You know, you look at, and we'll get into it, but the Warriors, the Warriors probably could use a Pascal Siakam, throw him and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond. You I mean, you talk about small ball five, that's heaven for Pascal Siakam out in Golden State. And then you're looking at guys like a James Wiseman or a Kaminga, and you're talking about getting more youth, more length, more defensive versatility. So I definitely see what you're saying. You want that veteran in the room. You want the experience in the room. He's definitely going to be your best player moving forward. So like, like I said, it's a toss-up. Exactly. But uh, Chris Boucher and Ken Birch talking about some of the small ball five that Pascal Siakam's playing over those guys. Both those guys got to be gone, right? Um, I think Boucher, his days are numbered in Toronto just because, like, um, Nick Nurse, the, he loves effort and he doesn't like lazy players or players that just make a lot of mental mistakes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And that's something that, um, Boucher has been doing a lot lately. Like he's always been late on defensive assignments, late on closeouts and stuff. And that kind of stuff just drives um, Nick Nurse nuts. So I think that he's going to be a swipe left. Ken Birch, on the other hand, when he's healthy because he's injured right now, I do really like how the Raptors utilize him. He's, he's someone, he's a center that like the Raptors have been missing over the last few years that like is like a guaranteed bucket under the net. Cause especially with like Precious Achua, like his, his finishing is is very questionable. And when you have, and you know, when Ken Birch has the ball under the net, he'll be able to, to at least capitalize on it. And then he's also like not a bad ball handler as well. So I feel like, I I think Ken Birch would be a swipe, right? And yeah. And Boucher a swipe left. I I, I definitely see Boucher getting in in a deal uh, to get maybe another star in the door or a, a proven player in the door. And you're talking about that center that has kind of, taken over the under-the-net abilities. Jonas Valanciunas was a guy, when you traded him, it, it made sense you wanted Marcus, Marcus all in there. Now looking back on it, Valanciunas is a hell of a player, and we're going to move into the buying side here. Mm-hmm. The Raptors have money with guys like Siakam and Drogic that they can move, young pieces like Boucher, Achua, maybe even a Blanton, if you wanted to get another star in the door. And that's where I'm going to start. Do you have any guys that you see around the league that are like, Man, if he was on the Raptors, that elevates him to the next level. And I'm talking logistically. Obviously, LeBron James elevates the Raptors to the next level. But some of the guys that you think are available are in the trade rumors that make sense bringing them into Toronto. 
Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, like there's some guys that are out there, like as as you mentioned, Jonas Valanciunas, a reunion with – I love JV when he was with the Raptors, and I feel like he'd fit exactly what the Raptors want to do like right now. So I there's I definitely want to trade him. I just – I'm not really sure. Like I guess – I don't I'm not really sure if I give up a Siakam for him for Valentunas exactly, but there's, if there's a deal to be made there, I think you definitely do it. Absolutely. So you, you brought up JV and that's where we'll start. I think the JV side is going to be a little bit more of some young talent because New Orleans is going to tear it down and tragic for money. So on the buying side, you're swiping right on guys you want swiping left on got trades you don't like and JV. Mm -hmm. So tragic and young guys for JV. What are you feeling? It depends who those young guys are. I'm assuming a Chua would probably have to be one of them. I think. If it's a Chua, then I'd swipe right on that. Okay. Um, I'm. I don't know if I want to trade away uh, Banton. I really like him. Or I, I, I'd trade Flynn in a deal if uh, the Pelicans see something in him. But, but yeah. So uh, depending on the deal, I I do a swipe right. All right. Well, I could definitely see JV kind of reunion. Uh, the, JV's kind of in this weird realm where he's going to go to a team that's going to be a playoff contender. A Hornets makes sense. A Raptors makes sense. Even kind of a Mavericks makes sense. So I'm, I've got my eye on him. But I brought this one up. James Wiseman and Kaminga for Siakam. And you'll probably get some Warriors picks thrown in there, maybe a Moody. And you're getting that young talent. And I know, I know this is not what you want to hear, but the Warriors probably say yes in a heartbeat. Toronto is where I scratched my head off. Um, I just have a hard time trying to convince myself to trade like a proven guy like Siakam for two for two younger players who like like Wiseman obviously has looked really good over his last few years but he's still like super young and stuff and, and same with Kaminga so it's just like it's like do you, it depends what the Raptors see like if they just want to go like super young if they're out of it this year and stuff I could see them making that trade but if they're in contention for a playoff spot then I don't think they make that trade. So for now, I'll say I'll say left. I, I'd agree. I, you you hit it on the head. I mean, if they're in contention, you're looking at guys like JV, and if they're not, you're probably looking at a James Wiseman, Kaminga Moody package. Get Siakam uh, with some uh, with a contending team and, and and roll the dice with some young guys. But uh, two two big men out in Indiana. I, I bet you got to have them circled. Sabonis and Turner. I mean, those those guys. One of them is going to have to be uh, traded. Break them up. Why not bring one of them to the Raptors? It makes sense. I mean, the Raptors are one of the worst shot blocking teams in the league. So Miles Turner, Miles Turner makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I do really like both these players, Turner and, and Sabonis. I'd love to have either of them on the Raptors. So yeah, I think I'd swipe right on both of them. I'd agree. I'd agree. Steven Adams. Steven Adams is another guy I have circled for the Raptors. I he kind of had a big night. Not a big night, but he did what Steven Adams does against the Raptors tonight and the Grizzlies win. And I just think the Grizzlies are going to start getting younger with that big man rotation of Jackson, Tillman, Clark, and Adams is going to have not a spot. So Steven Adams probably looking at a Goran Dragic deal here too. Yeah, if you can get rid of Dragic for for Adams, because I know that they do want a point guard there, especially a veteran one to kind of like lead this team into like their contending years, then then yeah, I I, I do that in a heartbeat. Dragic for Adams, one hundred percent. And with the John ja Moran injury too, I mean, it just it it makes more sense. I think that's probably the one we're looking at that's going to be most realistic for the Raptors, and it and it probably both sides get are coming out happy. So uh, lastly, 
probably the biggest stretch of them all. But Carl Anthony Towns, and, and before you say anything, this one you're probably going to have to see OG in a deal or a Siakam in a deal. But why not go after the big fish with some of the reports and rumors of him unhappy? Oh, I'd love to have Carl Anthony Towns on the team. Like, I think that puts the Raptors, like, I think that puts the Raptors into one of like the best, like one of the top spots in the East, at least just cause like they've been struggling at, at the five for such a long time. But, um, I love OG. I really do. I think OG has so much potential, but for Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, that's um, the one, that's the one where I'm scratching my head. Cause like a lot of people mm-hmm. have OG as penned down as most, uh, most approved player year in, year out. They're just yeah. waiting for him to take that next step, waiting for him to take that next step. And we it looks like he's it. got, he's taken that, that big step from like, he, like the Raptors are really missing him right now. Um, yeah, I'd say, man, this is a tough one. Um, but you don't get a player like Carl Anthony Towns become available every, every so often. So, uh, yeah, I'll say, I'll say swipe right on this just cause I like the excitement of it. And I think the Raptors probably have one of the best packages uh, looking at a trade for Carl Anthony Towns. It just makes, I mean, you could throw OG, you could throw a Siakam, you have yeah. the Malachi Flynn's, the Bantons, the Chris Boucher's, the Presser Sachua's. I don't think Scotty Barnes is probably the only one untouchable in that deal because the whole idea would be to put him and Towns together. So, but and you can still have Van Vliet there, a point guard too. And exactly. I mean, you're looking at a big three moving down the stretch of Van Vliet, Barnes, and Towns, and then probably one of OG or Siakam. Because I don't mm-hmm. think you trade them both, but boy, that's that's a tough team out east. You have defense, you have offense with Van Vliet and Towns, Barnes and Siakam locking up forwards. And yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. So I, I'm with you. I think that's the one where if he becomes available, the Raptors should push all their chips in. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on from the present-day Raptors to a former Raptor. Is this the best form of DeMar DeRozan we have seen? He's really reached another another level this year, hasn't he? I mean, 26 points on 50% shooting is ridiculous. I actually was at the Raptors and Bulls game earlier this year in Toronto, and, like, man, he was just hitting – he was crucifying the Raptors. Like, no matter, no matter what the Raptors did to try to lock him up, they just couldn't. He was – he was draining shots like nothing. People in his face, like it didn't matter. He was he was hitting them like nothing. And like one thing that really sticks out now is his three point shooting. Like before, he was just known as like a mid range guy, but now he's got a three point shot. He's such a dangerous player. And, and the other thing that sticks out to me, I'm glad you brought up the three point shooting. The passing. I mean, you went to Popovich, and Popovich said, "Hey, you're going to be the focal point of our offense. You're going to get us five assists a game and 25 points." And now that he's gotten away from Popovich, he's taken some of those lessons. He's averaging close to five assists a game for the Bulls now. So you're looking at him and Lonzo creating offense. Levine get to play off of them. That team is really, really scary with DeRozan, with this kind of almost point forward uh, DeRozan, something we saw a little bit with the Raptors, uh, then we saw in full force with the Spurs. Uh, yeah, like – like I said, he was always he he was always like a good ball handler too, and like obviously like one of the best mid range shooters in the game. But yeah, like he's taken his playmaking abilities too to like another level, and like it definitely helps with like the team that he has around him. Like it's a it's the Bulls, I think, a very good team, especially adding Vucevic last season, and and even like like Lonzo Ball has looked like such a different player ever since he joined the Bulls too. So. So yeah, he's got he's got definitely like good pieces around him too, but I don't think the Bulls are anywhere 
near where they are right now if DeRozan is doesn't play like how he is. No, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, him and Levine are averaging close to 52 points a night, and that's half your mm-hmm. offense right there. That's yeah. half your offensive output in the game. You, teams are putting up 100 points this year, and DeRozan and Levine are giving you 52 of them. So that's tough. I mean, but moving away just from team-specific, do you have any, like, general thoughts on the NBA this year? Like, following the foul calls, uh, all the different rule changes. Well, I, mean, I think it's been more enjoyable. What about you? Yeah, I always hated that um, the foul where the where the shooter would like jump into the defender. Yeah, I've the James always, Harden, the Trey Youngs. Yeah, yeah, I always hated that. I always wondered why that that was a foul, and like it just feels like it's like basketball is like more like I want to say pure without it now, without like them calling that now. Like I'd it's agree. just like yeah, it's like, it's like they're they're just playing now, and it's not it's not just like any of these like like there's not as many ticky tacky calls. No, I'd, I'd absolutely agree. And, and you know, you watched, I we say there's not too many ticky tacky calls. Tuesday night, we're recording this. And that's Knicks ended on a ticky tacky call. Knicks, uh, Knicks lost to the Nets on that one. So, I mean, Harden obviously, Harden got to, Harden's finding his way around this rule a little bit. He got the line, I think, 14 times tonight. So, I, we're going to see some of these superstars adjust and, and mm-hmm. create new rules. But for the, for, for the time being, I'm with you. I think it's been very excitable and very pure, as you said. Yeah, but uh, last lastly on the NBA, and then we'll get into some Jersey talk because I know you're the Jersey fanatic. But Love how do jerseys. we feel about the Lakers? Um, I don't. I just feel like they're not deep enough to like do much. Like obviously, you have LeBron. LeBron's going to be LeBron, the the greatest, if not second greatest of all time, depending on how you look at it. So that's not necessarily an issue. Um. Uh, Anthony Davis, like just not being able to stay healthy is definitely a big issue. And now LeBron too, he's on the, see he on the, he's on the COVID list. I'm pretty sure right now. Yeah, he, so he's missing a nice game with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, I think that's a, a big, like their health is like the biggest question mark. Cause I feel like if they're both, if, if both LeBron and Davis are healthy, then that's like a really good team. Who's going to be contending for a championship. But the fact of the matter is Davis just, can never be healthy it, it appears so like so yeah that's a huge that's a huge blow for them and especially that they don't have as much depth as like as as they were hoping for i guess then then that's especially with davis though it's just like it's, it's not a good recipe yeah i mean david davis is going hit or miss he plays a game that'll miss two and then he'll play two would be awesome and then he'll miss the next one it's it's the Anthony Davis experience, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had, I've asked this question week after week and it's just not getting any better, but shockingly, I don't think it's getting any worse either. This team's just going to be a 500 team. I feel like, and, and I scratched my head because you had the chance. You look at the bulls right now. We just talk about how effective DeMar DeRozan was with the bulls, how effective Alex Caruso has been with the bulls. And both of those players were guys that the Lakers had a chance to sign this off season for the same amount that they're paying Russell Westbrook. I just scratched my head, man. I really do. I really do. Cause if you had DeRozan and Caruso, the LeBron injuries, the Anthony Davis injuries, it, it doesn't matter. That team's still winning regular season games staying around mm-hmm. that top four and it's it's just shocking to me so yeah they're a team that if they sneak into the playoffs you still don't want to play them oh, absolutely. because if lebron and ad are healthy then then it's, it's over but i mean but russell, yeah you got to get there the russell westbrook aspect of it though is what the one that makes me scratch my head yeah that man's never won so I, you got a guy that lebron who 
only knows how to get to the NBA finals and run Russell Westbrook, who has only made it one time yeah, (laughs) Yeah. with Kevin Durant, James Harden on his team. So it's, it'd be very interesting to see how that one plays out. But last thing on basketball, before we cover the wild West and MLB free agency here, you're the Jersey fanatic, the NBA 75 jerseys. I I was on record a couple weeks ago saying, I love the Pacers. I love the bucks and I love the Hawks unis. Which did you truly like and which did you think were stinkers? Um, ones I really, really like are um, – I do really like like the Atlanta Hawks one. I think that's that's really well done with, like, the throwback Hawk. I like the Chicago one, like their – like that throwback style one with the Chicago written in, in cursive. I think that's that's really cool. The Bucks one is, is good too. Not not my favorite, but it's it's pretty good. Easy um, to make t-shirts out of i think that's like that's yeah. what they were going for that and i love the the wolves throwback and the charlotte the the, the wolves um sorry the wolf 75th anniversary jersey yeah it's like with, a, the, with the evergreen trees on the lining that's yeah, solid i really like that one and i really like the charlotte hornets one. you like the I, charlotte one i like how i I, don't, I like the the honeycomb design that kind of like fizzles out as the jersey goes down i i and i really like their colors too so it's hard to mess up with those colors. The Toronto mm-hmm. one going to going to your guys. I scratch my head about. You got to get Drake away from those unis, man. Yeah, that's my whole thing. Like, I'm not a huge fan of them. I just, I love the old Dino jersey. I have one. I, I love it. But like now, you're just messing with it. And like, just like I, it's so predictable now with the Raptors. Oh, they're having a new jersey. It's going to be black and gold. I just want to see them get a little more creative with it now. If they went just sheer black and red, I think it's a 100% better jersey. You incorporate the old Dino jersey. You've got the new logo with the black and red. It, everybody's happy. You're making money up the yin yang, and now, mm-hmm. and now you got black and gold. Drake's got his hands all over it. I struggle with that one. One other I one wanna, I really, I want to see like. the Raptors bring back in like another purple jersey. I definitely could see that. I mean, with how many jerseys, how many money makers we can call them exactly. what they are. They're definitely gonna. Mm-hmm. Get a throwback one in there. I really like Houston's. I think I think you know the team stinks, but they're gonna look good while stinking. I like <laughs> that they had the blue. I, the only thing I missed was that whole like astral ball with the rocket floating around it. But yeah, that that one's a cool. That's a cool one. But I mean, you're talking about a team that incorporated a little bit of everything from the jerseys of their past. You know, so Houston mm-hmm. I think knocked it out of the park too. How did we feel about the Miami mashup? I am not a fan. It just looks like a mess. I know what they're trying to go for, but it does not work. I think it's just a mess. It looks like a three-year-old created it. Yeah, I was just going to say, it looks like you gave like your your little cousin like an arts and crafts bin, and they just like went wild with it. Cut a couple jerseys out and glued them on yeah. a different t-shirt, and I'm with you. It looks you. like when you were if, in elementary school, did you ever have to do like those art projects where you had to cut a bunch of different things out of magazines and glue them together kind of exactly. thing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like. Oh, 100%. I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. So I think I'm glad we're on the same page because I know a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, they're awesome. I love them. I don't see the vision. You had one of the best city jerseys with the Miami Vice. Why go away from it? Should have kept it something similar to that because those are beautiful. Absolutely. Which one, which other ones were you not a big fan of? Because I've got a couple circled too. I'm not a fan of the magic ones. I feel like like if you just did something similar like the Shaq and like Penny Hardaway, like Penny Hardaway like era, like magic jerseys, those would have been really fine. But then you're adding like orange to them, which I just am not a fan of. If you just uh, went with a blue where the orange is, it's a a hundred percent knocked it out of the park uniform. 
I yeah, that, that's a very nice jersey. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Denver ones either. Really, like, I, I typically like the Denver jerseys, but I like I I, I think I would have liked it a lot better if they had that design going throughout the jersey instead of just under the shoulders. Okay, that's fair. And and uh, yeah, the. And, and I'm just disappointed in the Phoenix Suns. I like the jersey, but it's the exact same as last year. Like it would have been nice to see it, like, like, like changed a little bit at least. Give me a big sun. Give me a Barkley jersey. Yeah. Give me something. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think mm-hmm. you, the ones that kind of encapsulated '90s basketball. You had the Toronto one, which whatever. Atlanta had it. Houston had it. Miami tried to have it. Not so good. Charlotte had it, and I think the Magic had it just with the wrong color. So. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about one of the best eras in jerseys at the '90s. So I'm with you. I, there are a couple I scratched my head about. Like the Suns could have went old school with the big sun. The Raptors could have went black and red. I like the Spurs. I like the Spurs. I just wish that jersey was black, too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just not a fan of white jerseys. I just feel like white jerseys are boring. Yeah, and in the, in the speaking of boring jerseys, Oklahoma City Thunder. Now I get you don't have that much history beyond the 2010 mm-hmm. team or whatever. Just give me a Sonics jersey. I wouldn't like the Oklahoma City Sonics, and that's going through the roof sales. I think those Sonics so, jerseys are so nice too. Oh my! You had so you could have went green and yellow. You could have went with the Space Needle. You could have did a lot there. So I, I kind of disappointed mm-hmm. with Oklahoma City. Okay. Yeah. Moving forward now, we're getting away from the NBA. We're getting into MLB free agency, rounding out the NBA show the only way we know how the madness of the MLB free agency. And I have to start with the Jays, Kevin Gausman. Holy cow. Yeah. It's a really good signing, uh, especially replacing, um, replacing Robbie Ray, who signed to, uh, to the Seattle Mariners. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good stop. Not even a stopgap. It's a, (laughs) it's a good replacement. Like over like Kevin Gausman can easily come in and put up like a season, like Robbie Ray had, especially with under the, the guidance and supervision of Pete Walker, who's uh, widely known as one of the best pitching coaches in the game. Like you saw what he did with, with Robbie Ray. So who knows what, like the Gosman. And you add him into Hinjin Ryu, Jose Barrios, Manoa, and you got, I mean, a rotation that's ready to make some noise in that AL East. And I, yeah, at least going to be really excited for years to come. Cause I mean, you got four teams, like, give or take the Yankees and they're always in it, but they lose in the playoffs. You're going to have four teams that are going to be playing meaningful baseball every September, and it's going to be exciting to watch. But the one thing I'm a little worried about, and maybe they fill it, but the loss to Simeon, how do you feel about that? I mean, Simeon was electric last year. So, yeah, uh, that was that was a tough one, but I kind of had a feeling like as the season was winding down and stuff that like the chances of bringing him back were going to be super slim. So, I'm I was kind of able to uh, I was kind of able to like that was like an easy one to take just because I was expecting it. But um, yeah, like there's been a whole lot of rumors um, with the Jays too, like chain, uh, trading for like Jose Ramirez or getting um, Jonathan Taylor to fill the to fill that void. Um, but yeah, like if we can score any one of those guys, like I'd be I'd be really happy with it. But you talk about if, Chris Taylor, you talk about Chris Taylor. 
Yeah, yeah, sorry, Chris. Taylor, You're good, man. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, <laughs> going from the Colts to Blue Jays be pretty tough. I mean, we've seen a couple people. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> no, I've, you're I've good. Been, you're so good. Fantasy football is getting uh, mixed up with my baseball. Uh, <laughs> having a pretty good year if you got Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, like it's been, it, it, it's it was rough losing him. It's going to be big shoes to fill. But I think that with the all the talent that the Jays have up and down the lineup, like they'll be able to replace him. Marcus Simeon, I. That's that's a tough one to lose and good one to gain for the Rangers, but the Rangers are just two stars, two Ferraris in the trailer park. Because holy cow, the rest of that team—that's exactly what it is. I feel like they spent a whole lot of money, and um, like the not necessarily the wrong places because the two good, good players that they're lucky to have, but they should have spread out that money. <laughs> but I'm. The thing with the Rangers, you just got that brand new stadium and it's massive, a massive. And you got to sell that out. You got to sell tickets. Do these moves make the Rangers on the same level as the Astros, Mariners, maybe the Angels? No. But people are going to come and watch Marcus Simeon. People are going to come watch Corey Seager. People are going to come watch John Gray. Maybe, maybe. I think they will for like the first month of the season, maybe. And then when they start losing a bunch of games, then people are going to start try to shy away from it. I don't know. That's just that's just how fans work, I guess. But I mean, there's excitement in Arlington, which is new, I guess, since mm-hmm. Josh Hamilton and Nelson Cruz left. But talking about spending money, the New York Mets, the New York baseball Mets. Holy cow. Yeah, they're always spending money now, it seems. Does this make them NL East favorites? want to say that but it's also the Mets <laughs> like like last year there was so much hype with uh, about them like uh training for Lindor adding Baez at the deadline and and like they, they made a slew of other moves and just didn't just didn't do anything for them like I don't I don't I don't, I don't know what it is but like it, it on paper it looks like they'll be the favorites of that division but but the the Mets are such a wild card it seems like they're deep and they have two of the best pitchers I've ever seen. And they are versatile. They have Eduardo Escobar, switch hitter that can play anywhere. Mark Conha can really play anywhere. He's an outfielder, but he's played a little bit of first base with the A's. They got Starling Marte is pretty good player. I don't know. I I'm on the record and it is November 30th. And we're probably on pending an MLB lockout here. But I think the New York Mets are going to be the NL champions come the shortened 2022 season because of the MLB strike that is up and coming. Another shortened season is going to absolutely suck. But, um, yeah, I, I I do want to say that the Mets, on paper, the Mets will win that division. I do agree with you there. I, I think it's them and the Braves. I think. It comes down to them. Giants lost Gausman, and sure, they're trying to reload. Sure, Kapler's a good coach, but I just don't see it with them. And and we'll get to it here. I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are in trouble. Yeah, they haven't really added anyone so far, have they? And and, and it, this feels like, oh, my goodness, the Dodgers are in trouble. They lost Scherzer. They lost Seager. Here, here here's Max – or uh, here's – Freddie Freeman. Oh, here is Trevor Story. Like, I feel like they're going to get somebody that's like, oh, yeah, the Dodgers are still here and they're really good. And it's just upsetting. But mm-hmm. do you think Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers or do you think he stays with the Braves? He's got even some rumors to Toronto. Where, where do you think he's at? I've seen um, 
this um, just earlier today, like there was rumors going around that he's really interested in, in coming to the Blue Jays and that would put um, Vladdy back at third base. Mm. So um, I don't know exactly how I feel about that because I really like the development that Vladdy has had at first base, but but I'm you don't say no to Freddie Freeman if he comes knocking at your door. No, so, it's the Prince Fielder Miguel Cabrera thing from ten years ago. You you have Prince Fielder, yeah. who's arguably the best left-handed bat at the time when he signed with the Tigers. Put him with Miguel Cabrera, and then you saw Miguel Cabrera take a downturn offensively at third base. That's what I'm a little worried about with Guerrero. You put Guerrero at first. He his focus solely is on offense. And exactly. we saw what he can do when he's focused on offensive play. So that's where I'm a little bit worried. The guy I'd be all over if I was the Blue Jays. I don't know if they're going to sign him, but Trevor Story is a guy that makes a lot of sense. And I know that's going to be big, big money, and you just signed Galsman. But you put him at shortstop, you put him at second base, you put him at third base, he'll hit. I mean, he's just Troy Tulowitzki all over again, right? Yeah, but younger this time. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Younger and less injured. Um, yeah, but back to uh Correa, yeah, like he's someone I could see the, the Dodgers signing. Correa. Like, or yeah. Or story. I guess I guess there's Correa and story. I forgot about Carlos Correa considering that my Tigers didn't sign him, which is just upsetting. upsetting. Apparently it was it was very close. You guys almost got him. I, I mean, I'm not ruling it out. We just have to pay Miguel Cabrera $32 million over the next two years, and he's going to be 39 years old. So I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to be too concerned about signing Carlos Correa. I think mm-hmm. Carlos Correa is going to be a Los Angeles angel. I think the so the angels looks the angels really trying to get uh, Trout into the playoffs for, what, the second time of his career? I You know, they went out, and they're like, here's Noah Syndergaard who injury issues that makes me scratch my head a little bit. You got Anthony Rendon there. Shohei Otani, who is a just super duper star. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best player in baseball. Mike Mm -hmm. Trout, who is probably the second best player in baseball. And now you're like, okay, here's Carlos Correa. That's That's a contender. That's throwing a lot of money at start. And it depends. I don't know. It depends on what they get in the bullpen. It depends how they feel. Cause like, that sounds very Yankees to me, doesn't it? It's throwing money at all your problems. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very Yankees to me, where it's like, oh, here's Aaron Judge, here's John Carl Stanton, here's Garrett Cole, here's Gary Sanchez, and we're going to flame out in the wild card round. That just sounds like what the Angels are trying to do. So I don't know. I don't know. Scratching my head work. about it. It, it. it very well could. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Winners and losers through the first couple of days – of MLB free agency. Obviously your Jays are winners, but losers got to be the players. union. <laughs> got to be MLB fans. Yeah. MLB fans in the players union for another strike. Well, not another strike. Hasn't been one in, in years, but like another, what looks like going to be a shortened season. Yeah. Um, I got the tigers as a loser. I, I, I like Eduardo Rodriguez and it's going to be nice putting him behind Mize. It's going to be nice putting him be, behind school ball. He's going to be a good number three. He's familiar with that in Boston. But Javier Baez and Carlos Correa, there's a clear discrepancy there, and I hated it. I hated it. I'm not the biggest Baez fan. I get a lot of hate for this, but no, I, I'm I'm with you, Joey. And Baez, yeah. you look at the downturn of his stats. He's swinging and missing more than ever in his career. He's striking out more than ever in his career, and he's walking less than ever in his career. And the Tigers just gave him six years for 130 million, last, or whatever it was. Last season, I'm pretty sure he. I read that he was bottom. 
1% in, in walks and top 1% in strikeouts. Not good. That's not good company no. for the Detroit Tigers. Who you got? Who's a winner for you? Um, the New York Mets have to be a winner, right? Getting the top free agent pitcher to add next to DeGrom, as we already discussed. Absolutely. Um, a loser for me, I think, will. I'm tempted to say the Rangers just because they have spent half a billion dollars and their team still looks really bad. I, I, I could agree with that. I, I Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird Like because they did get two really good players, but I feel like that they could have spent half a billion dollars a lot more smart. I'd agree. I, I'd agree. I mean, you're looking at guys that could have filled out a lineup for a little bit. I know Nate Lau was pretty good, and they had Kyle Gibson that was solid starting, but I, I don't think it's their time to contend. It doesn't make sense what they're trying to do. But, hey, like I said, big stadium, got to fill that one out. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I'd also put uh, the Yankees as losers just for not really doing much of anything. I mean – it. Corey Seager felt like penny into the New York Yankees for the entire summer or in the entire winter. Excuse me. It did feel like that. That's why I'm putting them down as a loser because I feel like that, that was their to lose and they lost it. No, I'd agree. All right. We got some remaining free agents here and it's quite the list and there's a lot of talent here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do a quick rundown here to end the show. You're going to do, you're going to give a prediction where you think they go. I'll give a prediction where I think they go. And first off, Zach Greinke. Oh, uh, this is a tough one. I'm trying to think like, I don't, I don't know exactly how much money he'll be signing for because he's been kind of like up and down the last couple of years. No sport track has him at 10 million, nine, nine and a half million. That's per season. Yeah. That's his like market value. I could see like the Mets coming in for that much just to like, kind of like put him at the back end of their rotation. I think Dodgers. A reunion there? I well, like you lost your big gun, Scherzer, and and yeah. it makes sense. I mean, Arias and Bueller are going to be the stars there for years and years to come. But if you mm-hmm. get Granky and Kershaw, it's like okay, we're reloading again. We got a three and four that have been around the block a little bit. Yeah, I'd say that. So and, and that, that, that that makes sense. Yeah, Kershaw, Kershaw, I think stays right. Yeah, I don't see. I can't picture him in another uniform. Here's one. Chris Bryant. I think he resigns in San Fran. Really? I feel like San Fran had a really good season last year and they lost. They did lose uh, Gosman, obviously, but, um, but yeah, like you put him like, like you try to get some of that magic back from last season. That's not awful. I, I haven't gone with his best buddy in the whole world, Bryce Harper. I think he's going to go to the Phils. I think Scott Boris gets his two biggest baby boys there together, and everyone's happy. I don't know. We'll see. There, I was, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Chris Bryant trade rumors with the Blue Jays like over the course of the season, too. So That would make – and you keep Vladdy at first. That would make some sense, yeah. too. I, I, I could mm-hmm. see that. It's, it's an outside shot, but it, it depends if the Blue Jays want to put all that money on the table. Yeah, I I mean, I think if you're putting all that money on the table, you go Trevor Story, but mm-hmm. Bryant's not a bad consolation prize either. Marcus Stroman. Stroman. Uh, well, what's the list of teams that he hasn't, like, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, right. Threw under the bus yet, right? He's not he going to the Yankees. <laughs> no, he's not going to the Blue Jays. <laughs> I, I um, mean, this is if, a tough one. I don't. Um, I Seattle maybe. Seattle makes a lot of sense just to solidify that rotation. Seattle makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I definitely could see that. I was going to say Seattle. I don't know if he's marked them off. I'm sure a lot of teams have him marked off or players have him marked off, but the Astros would make some sense too. Yeah. Um, Freddie Freeman. I'm going to say my homer pick here. I'm just going to say the Blue Jays just because that he's one of my favorite players ever. He has uh, Canadian ties. I think it's a, it's one of those like storybook signings. I'd agree. I think that would, I mean, can Canadian player goes to the Canadian team. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. I think he stays in Atlanta. Like you, like you said about Kershaw, I just can't picture Freeman not in Atlanta. He it did just, say it at the end of the world series that he was going to come back. So he did kind of uh, set himself up for that. Yeah, I, I could see. I could see that one. Nick Castellanos deep drive into left. Where's he, <laughs> where's he hitting that one? Uh, who needs an outfielder? Um, I'll let you take this one first because uh, this one I'm not too sure about. The Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Short-term deal. The Milwaukee Brewers put up one run, two runs, and no runs in their loss against the Braves in the NLDS. So why not get the biggest bat out there right now, put him on a short-term deal, get him next to Yelich. I think Castellanos comes to Brewers, and he he still goes around the NL Central, Cubs, now he was with the Reds. Now he's going to the Brewers. We'll see. Yeah. Kyle Seeger. Um, I feel like the Yankees would just make a run at him just because they missed out on his brother. I, I absolutely could see Kyle Seeger playing first base for the New York Yankees next year. Mm-hmm. Lefty bat, 34 years old, get him on a one-year short-term deal. I think he's a New York Yankee 100%. Got three yeah. more. Trevor Story. Trevor Story. I know that there's a lot of teams right now in the running. I even heard that the Rockies are considering like putting that money on the table for him. So that would be interesting to me. It wouldn't make much sense, but it would be interesting. Um, man, um, possibly the this is another one that like Yankees have been linked to for like quite some time now right yeah yeah i mean i i think he's definitely going to go big market i think it's going to be new york or la whether it's the angels dodgers or yankees i think he ends at one of those three um now here's an interesting one a team i already said before what about the seattle mariners you know that's kind of where i thought Semyon was going to go for a while he had familiarity with the al west and it kind of yeah. just solidifies that offense a little bit i know jp crawford was awesome at shortstop so put him at second Semyon. Mm-hmm. but i i could definitely see they swung and missed on their big bat with Semyon. now they go out and get story i could see that mm-hmm. michael conforto michael conforto He's oh. another one. Sounds like a New York Yankee to me. I mean, won't have to move too far, right? No, not at <laughs> um, all. Lefty bat. Yankees, I feel like, are going to throw a lot of money at lefty bats that are kind of remaining. Mm-hmm. The Confortos, oh. the Seegers. What about, what about Cleveland? Cle- Cleveland, maybe. 
I know they've been sellers a little bit uh, with Lindor, and they were kind of out of it. Fran Mel Reyes, Conforto, and Jose Ramirez is not bad, though. They weren't really terrible last season. They were like – they weren't like as bad as everyone thought that they'd be. But so, yeah, I could see them like trying to do something to like give that team a jolt, maybe sneak into a – see if they can sneak into a wild card spot, which I don't think so just because of – the the American League, just the American East, American League East on its own, <laughs> will have three yeah. playoff teams probably. Yale so. Central with the, I mean, the White Sox, the Guardians yeah. now, and then mm-hmm. the Tigers are a little bit better too. One with Conforto to watch. I don't necessarily the Braves. You look at Jack Peterson's going to be gone. Adam Duvall is going to be gone, so maybe he stays in the division as well. And then lastly, Carlos. Oh, also, Perry. oh, go ahead. Sorry. Also for Conforto, I could see him going to the Brewers if they miss out on um Castellanos. On, uh, on Castellanos. Yeah, I think the Brewers are going to swing on a bat too. Um, maybe it's Nelson Cruz. Uh, n- n- probably not. Nelson Cruz got to stay in the AL. Mm-hmm. But uh, Carlos Correa, last one on the list here. Uh Carlos Correa. Yeah, uh, Angels or Dodgers, I think. Yeah, I think he's definitely not going to the Yankees. I think no. wherever Trevor Story, if Trevor Story goes to an LA team, Correa is going to go to the other one. Trevor Story goes to the Yankees. I think Correa ends as an angel. And boy, oh boy, those Astros Angels games will be interesting. How about this for Trevor Story, too? The Houston Astros. Um, He's a Texas guy. And if the Astros lose Correa, they'll need a replacement if they want to, like, yeah. Yeah, if they want to still compete. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely could see that one. I, a, lot, a lot of baseball free agency to be had, and I'm sure everyone will be talking about the strike, but there's still a lot of good players left. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye out on that one. Yeah, that's one. That's one to keep an eye out on. I feel like there's a lot of waiting around for like a lot of these big names, guys. 100%. And you're going to see, like like we kind of mentioned, if the Brewers swing and miss on Nick Castellanos, is Michael Conforto going to be their guy, et cetera, et cetera. So like you said, it's a lot of waiting around. Where, where are guys going to go? Where's the money going to be at? So I'm with you. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Joey, thank you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. You're definitely going to be welcome back on anytime you wish. Awesome. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Absolutely. Where can the listeners go find your work, Joey? You can find me on Twitter at JoeyConji98. Um, and if you want to read some of my work, I write for crownhoops.com. You can find and all the links to everything else I do. I have a, I have a hockey podcast that I do and a podcast where I talk about just Toronto sports in general. So if you're interested in those, click the link in my bio. It'll take you to, to all my work. And uh, yeah, that's... That's where it's all at. Well, awesome, man. I'm definitely going to go checking out pretty good Raptors coverage. And thank you for coming on and sorting out. Tell me that that team could be a playoff team. Tell me where they're going to be at come trade deadline as well. That's it from us at Nothing But Airtime. Hope you all have a wonderful hump day. <laughs>